Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16, called Lean on Me. Psalm 88, verse 9, if you're following along in the Psalms, 88, 9 says, My eye has wasted away because of affliction. I have called upon thee every day, O Lord. I have spread out my hands to thee. Psalm 119, verse 48 says, 119, 48, I shall lift up my hands to thy commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on thy statutes. Psalm 141, 1 and 2 says, O Lord, I call upon thee, hasten to me, give ear to my voice when I call to thee. May my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. And Psalm 143, 5 and 6 says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy doings. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch out my hands to thee. My soul longs for thee as a parched land. Selah. And then one New Testament verse, just to note, 1 Timothy 2, 8 says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. And so this is the attitude of prayer. It's not the only posture for prayer, but it is one posture for prayer and worship to lift up your hands to God. And you might say, well, Pastor Michael, what, what is co- it communicating? I think there's several possibilities. One, when I lift up my hands, it's a, it's a posture of surrender. I am basically reaching out to God. I've heard somebody say before that you can think of when you raise up your hands, you are releasing all the cares, worries, junk, uh, you name it, to God and receiving back from him as you release the tough stuff up to him, getting back his strength so that you can mount up with wings like eagles. There's another image. Here's the image. How about of a little kid who sees you walk through the door, whether you're daddy or grandpa or great-grandpa, and comes running like this to you. Hey, daddy, daddy, daddy. Now, if my kids that did that today, I would crumble under their weight. I have three grown boys. That's just not going to work. But I'm looking forward to a grandchild who will hopefully do that. <laughs> grandpa, grandpa. And that, that's a cool feeling. And what is it? It's, it's, a, it's something like a trust thing. And what do you want to do when a little child does that to you? You want to return and go, come here, right? And I imagine our Heavenly Father much like that. That whenever we say, Abba, he goes, come here, come. I'll give you the grace you need. I'll give you the strength you need for today. I know your battles. I know your struggles. I know the things that trip you up and you you sometimes look at your own heart and you're disappointed. I get it. Come. Let me impart some wisdom. Let me impart some strength. That's what it means to have your hands up. It's not so much about the posture as it is about the heart, but the posture certainly speaks. One writer puts it this way. What happens when we don't pray? It's very simple. We start losing the battle. 
A quote from the Mishnah says, every time the Israelites were directing their thoughts upward, keeping their hearts subject to the Father who's in heaven, they were winning. But if they did not, they were falling. This is the difference between victory and defeat, brethren. It's right here. It has to do with where you look. Where are your eyes? Where is your gaze? And Moses, obviously this is a protracted time. It wasn't a one-minute prayer. He had to keep prevailing. And so from my notes, what's the message to us? Don't try and fight your battles without God. It won't end well. Notice something else. Sometimes in your life, you're going to prevail by God's power, and sometimes you're going to lose battles in your own strength. And there will be lessons in both. Whenever you feel like you're starting to lose, get your hands back up. It's not that complicated. I feel dry and dusty and struggling, and it's not much of a tale, but it's the only one I've got. (laughs) Get your hands up. I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to that church, you know. And this and that. And I said that this morning. And no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So Psalm 60 puts it this way. Will thou not go forth with our armies, O God? Oh, give us help against the adversary. For deliverance by man is in vain. Through God we shall do valiantly. And it is he who will tread down our adversaries. Psalm 60, 10 through 12. So sometimes my prayer is, Lord, hold my hands up. Sometimes I get weary in the battle. I will tell you, I look at our prayer chain, which represents, you know, not some mega church. And I am often overwhelmed by the amount of prayers on our prayer chain. I just have to be honest with you. So many people hurting, so many people sick, somebody's relative over here and struggle over there. And sometimes I feel like, Lord, I don't even know if I can pray right now. And let me take you, for those of you who feel that pressure off the hook a little bit, God's big enough to deal with all of this stuff. And if you don't get a chance to pray over something, someone else is probably praying for it. And God is sovereign and God is good. And the battle is his But he uses us nonetheless. But sometimes our hands get heavy. And this is what verse 12 says. Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. He finally got a chair. Not much of a chair, right? And not quite a cushion sitting on a rock. But he sat down on the rock. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other. And thus his hands were steady until sunset. You know, if you were the two friends up on the hill, you might be saying, Moses, get it together. Every time you drop your hands, man, we're losing. Come on. Didn't you do your push-ups? But what they did is they said, we got to help him. We got to hold his hands up. What should we do? Well, they got a rock for him to sit on, which I'm sure Moses really appreciated. He's a pretty old guy at this point. And they said, we're going to hold your hands up until we win. And I don't know if they knelt down and held his hands up. I don't know if they stood side by side. But some have said that Moses up on the hill becomes a picture of Jesus on the cross. And I'll let you consider that. 
Did Jesus actually die up on a hill? That's debated, but we know he died on Mount Moriah and that he's the ultimate intercessor by the work of the cross, the resurrection, the ascension, and today's ministry to us. But Moses may have said something like this. I don't know how much longer I can hold on, guys. And that's when we need our brothers and sisters to say, I got you. Sometimes you're going to be the one holding up someone's hand. And sometimes you're going to need somebody else to hold up your hands. And that's why we are a body. Amen? That's why we are called to support and love one another. And push up as many hands as we can. And so... Aaron and her supporting Moses is a beautiful picture of the body. The lifting up of the hands has been regarded almost with unvarying unanimity by the rabbis, the fathers, reformers, nearly all modern commentators as a sign or attitude of prayer and worship. But sometimes our hands get heavy. We're called to cast all our cares to God because he what? He cares for us. 1 Peter 5, 7. Do you know the very next verse says you have an enemy who prowls about like a roaring lion? Here's the message I get. If I don't cast my cares to God, I become more susceptible to the enemy. More prey to the enemy. That's what 1 Peter 5, 7 and 8 are teaching us. I got to constantly try to give my concerns and cares to the one who cares for me. And the added blessing is I have the body too. I have God, my father. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I have my great intercessor, Jesus, and I have the body of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. When Dawson Trotman says Charles Swindoll was, when he passed away, he probably left a legacy of discipleship on this earth that will never be matched except perhaps by the life of Jesus himself. Of course, Jesus, the ultimate discipler. Swindoll says, I've become a real student of Dawson Trotman and believe wholeheartedly in the methods of discipleship that he taught and emulated throughout his days. He died in Shroon Lake, New York. He died of all things in the midst of an area in which he was an expert. He drowned and he was an expert swimmer. The last few moments he had in the water, he lifted one girl out of the water. He went down and got the other girl and lifted her out of the water then submerged and was not found until the dragnet found his body hours later. A man named Larson was on the boat when Trotman died. He said, quote, the entire United States Navy couldn't have saved Trotman that day. It was God's time. Time Magazine ran an article on Trotman's life in the next week, and they put a caption beneath his name that read, always holding somebody up. In one sentence says, Swindoll, that was Trotman's life. Investment in people, in honest humility, holding others up. And then Swindoll asks, are you doing that? Are you holding others up? Well, as Moses had his help ultimately from God and from others, Joshua won the battle. He overwhelmed Amalek and his people. With the edge of the sword, it's been pointed out that the battle still needed to be fought. It was a two-pronged attack, but the victory was won on the hill. But Joshua still had to fight, and we still have our battles to fight. And the Lord said to Moses, write this in a book as a memorial. Recite it to Joshua. Isn't that interesting? I want it written down. This is the first mention of writing something down in Scripture. 
By the way, there's been a debate among historians and archaeologists about when the first writing happened. And there were those who questioned the Bible and said, writing wasn't this early. And then they discovered that writing was long before the time of Moses. So Moses learned how to write as he grew up in Egypt and so forth and was uh, educated. And it's to be written down as a memorial to mark the victory and how the victory was won. And it was to to be recited to Joshua. Why? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. One of the top apologists on the issue of abortion and life is Scott Klusendorf. There are conjoined twins out there. In fact, I'm thinking right now of the Henschel twins that the media has followed since infancy. They're now in their early 30s. They are joined literally at the hip. You look at a picture of these girls and you see one set of legs, two body trunks, two sets of shoulders, and two heads. Now, these two girls cannot live independent of each other because their organs are intertwined and their bodily systems are linked in such a way that separation is impossible. But if living independent of another human being is what grounds your right to life, neither one of those girls has a right to life and both can be killed. Join Pastor Michael Lance on Sunday, February 5th at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Life Training Institute President Scott Klusendorf will be our guest during both morning services, teaching on In His Image, a case for life in a post-Roe v. Wade world. Learn more at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. So Moses learned how to write as he grew up in Egypt and so forth and was uh, educated. And it's to be written down as a memorial to mark the victory and how the victory was won. And it was be to, re- to be recited to Joshua. Why? Because Joshua was going to become what? The leader of Israel. And God wanted Joshua to know that the victory is won by the power of God. And Joshua would learn that as he tried, as he led the people to cross over into the promised land, they would get victories and defeats and it would all be about their obedience and dependence upon God. And, and so God says to Moses, you write this down and you have it read to Joshua regularly. That's why you need to stay in your Bible. That's why you need to know that the battle is the Lord's, but you've got to tap into the power. And so it was written down and it was recited as a memorial. And God said further, I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek under heaven. Look, they attacked the stragglers, the women and the children. They had no fear of God. And this battle against the Amalekites continued through Israel's history In fact, Saul, King Saul, had a chance to wipe them out and disobeyed God. This is an example of when you don't obey God, here's what happens. It was a descendant of Agag from the Amalekites and Haman who tried to exterminate the Jews later in the book of Esther. Here's the point. Don't negotiate with your flesh. Don't sit at the table with Amalek, in quotes, and say, Look, on Monday and Tuesday, I think I'll fall to sin. Wednesday, I'll try to get back together for the midweek service. Thursday and Friday, I think I'll fall to sin again. Don't do that. Crucify the flesh, Galatians 5.24, with its passions and desires. Because if you don't, it's going to come back to bite you. Can I get a witness? 
Oh, it does. We play games with it, and then it rears its ugly head at a very inconvenient moment. And so Moses built an altar, and he named it. Often altars were built right on the spot where God did something special. He called the altar, the Lord is my banner. Lord is Yahweh there. Banner in Hebrew is Nisi. The Septuagint has it as the Lord is my refuge, but it is literally the Lord or is my banner or Yahweh Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. Now, I've done a lot of research on this title or God's name here, and I will just tell you this. It can mean refuge. It can mean a signal pole like a flag, you know, kind of flowing in the wind. Uh, You know, when battles were fought, oftentimes people would look to a flag and if it was still standing there, give them hope. It could be, have the idea of refuge. Uh, Armies would fight under the ensigns of their gods. They would carry flags depicting their deities. And, and Moses says, the Lord, it's not a flag. It's not a cave. The Lord is my banner. Amen. Jesus is my banner. He is the one that I look to for strength and hope and refuge. I have a friend, his name is Dr. Green. I've shared this with some of you before. He looks at the Hebrew picture language in some detail, and he believes that it is safe to conclude that you could render the Lord is my banner as the Lord is the one I lean on. And it makes me just want to say, lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. I know the singing was not that great from up here, but you got it. Go, Brother Bert. Go, Brother Bert. To lean on. Hey, we didn't even plan that. That was, that was a Holy Spirit moment. The Lord is the one I lean on. Now, if you and I can kind of tie that bow together with Yahweh Nisi, we will have more victories than we will have defeats because we'll be leaning on him for power and strength. Amen? Amen. And so it says, the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. The Hebrew is a little difficult, but let me just read the NIV It could be rendered, he said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. But ultimately for us, the Lord is our banner. And Isaiah 11.10 says, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be glorious. Isaiah 11.10. I'm asking the worship team to come out, and I want to share just a final story with you. We came back from a vacation, as I mentioned, and I came back to do a wedding. It was at the Mission Inn in one of their chapels there. A young couple who was in Corona, part of this church, went with us to Israel and has relocated to Arizona. But they came in for the wedding, and so I got to do the wedding yesterday, and it was a beautiful wedding, and everything was great. And the gospel certainly came out within the the uh, actual service itself, but they had asked me to stay and pray uh, over the meal. And so I stuck around and uh, quite some time had passed by and they handed me the microphone to pray over the food. 
But my heart was a bit troubled, and here's why. I felt like the Lord was saying to my heart, I want you to clearly share the gospel with them and ask them to respond to it. She's like, okay, Lord, I'm supposed to pray over the food here, but, uh, but when they give her a preacher the microphone, it's all over anyway, right? So, so I took the microphone, and here's what struck me. I didn't know anybody at this wedding. I knew the bride and groom, obviously, and the father of the groom, and that's pretty much the only people I knew. And I looked out at a group of about 40 or 50 people, and here's what struck me. I am probably never going to see these people again. Never. They're all going to go their separate ways. I don't know them. I have a final word to share with them. And so I said, this is the last thing that you're going to hear from me today. There is a God in heaven who loves you. And he demonstrated that love for you by sending his son to die on the cross while we were yet sinners. You must trust him for your salvation. He is literally a prayer away, but you must turn to him. And I prayed over the food and I left with my heart lifted because I did what I believe I was called to do. To say to a group of people, the Lord must be your banner. There's no other hope than to find it in Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, is he your banner? Is he your refuge? Is he your hope? I know the room is filled with believers, so I I know I'm going to get lots of amens here. But if not, make him your hope today. You've been listening to Lean On Me, Part 3, on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus, Chapter 17, Verses 8 through 16. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with questions you may have from today's teaching, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Again, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. When we take in this additional insight that the Lord is my banner means the Lord is the one I lean on. It's such a beautiful picture because it tells us that we don't have to do the Christian life on our own. We have a God who says, lean on me. And, you know, there are many, many times when we all would admit we don't feel strong. In fact, we may feel weak. And we may ask questions, well, how can I stand in a culture that's, you know, going in the other direction? How can I stand when some of my friends are maybe even walking away from their faith or they're not as zealous as they used to be? What do I do? What do I do when the Lord, I feel like the Lord's called me to even deeper commitment and leadership. We lean on him because the Lord is our banner. And the key to leaning on him, of course, is to stay close to him. You can't lean on him if you're far away. Amen. The way you lean on him is you stay close and you lean in. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we are teaching through the book of Exodus. And it has been a wonderful journey. I hope you've been blessed by it. 
Something I'd like to share with you is I pastor a church in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And I, I want to let you know that I'm one of many pastors. Actually, uh, we have uh, six on staff now. But I happen to be the senior pastor, and I have the privilege of doing a good amount of teaching at the church. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, you're really hearing the pulpit ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. I realize some of you are out of the area, but if you're anywhere within driving distance of the Inland Empire, we are studying the majestic book of Hebrews on Wednesday nights. We just began the book. And so if you'd like to join us, we do this on Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. We have a time of worship. We have a time of diving into the Word of God in depth. And then we have a time of fellowship where we share some food and hang out and get to know other believers. It happens at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, 7 p.m. every Wednesday night. If you'd like to find out more, the church is located right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. You can get information and directions when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab. That's walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab. Hey, if you're unable to join us and be here in person. You can also watch the service on our YouTube channel. You can check out the YouTube channel by going to walkintruth.com and you can get there uh, from that site as well. This is Pastor Michael. Lord willing, we'll catch you right here tomorrow. God bless you. And don't forget, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 18, verses 1 through 12, called Good News of Great Joy. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.